Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. It is January 3rd. The Tennessee Titans have just won back-to-back AFC South titles. So this episode is going to include the Tennessee Titans' path to the number one seed, how it coincides with the project I did during the offseason, and some of my early favorite quarterback prospects. So with that being said, let's get this started, guys. You know, I like to keep it short and sweet. I like to keep it organic. This is basically a journal, an audio journal. You guys get to peep my thoughts. So congratulations, enjoy. Um, Tennessee Titans back-to-back, AFC South champions. First and foremost, congratulations. Um, It's been a tumultuous season, obviously, um, especially with the storyline. You know, I'm going to try to give as much flowers as possible. But really, I think Coach Vrabel and that coaching staff, you know, obviously have a chance to be the number one seed. They're AFC South champions, and I think it's kind of, it's not kind of, it's really in spite of, in spite of a, um, I can't really say a bad roster, but in spite of injuries, um, um, and they've done an excellent job bringing in people, um, getting them up to speed. Some players were never in the system, and they came in and did well. Other players were had been in the system before. The acclimation period wasn't as difficult. They got in um, and contributed. Um, I don't think people understand how difficult that is on average. So, I mean, with that being said, it's going to be like technically, you know, obviously if you end up with the number one seed and, you know, it's week 17, even if you don't win versus the Texans and you end up being still in the playoffs but not the number one seed. It's going to be hard, like especially in the AFC. You know, how can he, can that coaching staff and Coach Rabel specifically not win Coach of the Year? Just the juggling that they've had to do, the actual technical execution that had to go along. It's going to be, it's tough to me to find another coach that that has actually done that. It wasn't pretty. Um, obviously, but, you know, but awards like that, obviously, or usually have, you know, fashion points that go along with it. And the Titans have not been fashionable all year, to be honest. So we'll see about that. Um, I would say that this road to the number one seed is, some would see it as easy. Um, I don't see it as easy as the NFL. Some would see the the equation is definitely simple, win and you're number one. But I think it's complicated because you're going into a game. It's on the road. Very similar to, I think it was as recent as last year where they had to win in Houston. Um, to win, you know, the AFC South, I believe. Um, Now it's for the number one seed. That's improvement. Um, 
But this Texans team that beat them earlier in the year um, with a mobile quarterback, by the way, which is very important to the dynamic of the Tennessee Titans and and their defense and what works and what doesn't. Now they'll be facing a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills, who has been playing well. I haven't looked at the tape versus the Niners yet. But, um, you know, overall this team has fight. And you're going on the road. And it's an NFL game. So it's almost like there's a mindset of, yes, we want to win and get the number one seed. Um, but at the end of the day, at what cost? Because do you want to win and be the number one seed and, you know, put players at harm more than they would um, if you just looked at it from a mindset of we're the AFC South champions. We don't mind playing, you know, in the super wild card round, you know, as opposed to having that buy. Of course, they want the buy because of who may be present in the divisional round playoff game, which is Derrick Henry trying to heal from, you know, his foot injury. But at the same time, it's like, at what cost? Like, at what cost are you trying to get the number one seed? Um, like, you know, let's just start it from base foundation, right? Any game that you play, you're trying to win. You already know that hair and risk that playing the game of football is. But this is where team management comes into place. Excuse me. So this offseason, I created a like I do for the like I've done, excuse me, for the past um what four years? This was the fourth year. And you know, the previous three years there were a lot of AFC championship when we ran the data on the, the my offseason plan, the players that was that were um acquired, how far would this team get analytically? Um, you know, while including losses due to injury, while while including, you know, player dynamic, chemistry, stuff like that, doing it to this highest degree. And this pre this last offseason plan, my team were the was the number one seed, you know, doing it for the Tennessee Titans. My team was the number one seed with a 14 and three record. Um well, adjusted 14 and three record, and then, or was it 15 and two? We'll, we'll review that. But they were the number one seed, and in their week 17 game, they were resting starters and got the bye, ended up winning the Super Bowl in, in very, very, very entertaining and dramatic fashion. So, Tennessee Titans are almost a duplicate, but more losses. But now they're playing for the number one seed instead of having to rest starters. So that's where the dynamic comes in is you're playing one game to win the number one seed, right? But at what cost? You're in the playoffs. You won your division. So do you really need the number one seed at the cost of injuring your star players or injuring a key contributor that's where the dynamic comes in and that's why it's never going to be easy um you know it's never going to be easy even if you're a great team and 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 you 
you know, you know, another element of this season is the wacky, you know, health protocol and stuff like that, 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 that is so weird to me. But anyway, you know, that's another element that you throw in. So there is grace for injury. There is grace for it being a weird year, weird two years. But at the end of the day, it's like, this is a difficult, this is to me as a coach, it'd be very difficult to, 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 we're trying to, if I'm with my coaching staff this week, I'm t- I'm trying to find, figure out a game plan that's a little bit tweaked and a little bit different than what we've been doing. Because if I truly believe my team is good, then I think we can beat this team. And it's not the fact, it's not so much as we're going to go easy. It's just the fact, how can we win in a way that doesn't make us, you know, have to be in the dog fight, you know, um, or uh, or a very physical game. How can we create space? You, if the game, the name of the game is football, right? It's physical. Anything can happen. But how can we reduce this game time-wise and still come out with a win so that all our guys are healthy? That's my number one thing. Because I don't really like. If we lost, I still have confidence that we can go in the super wild card game and win. So it's like, but. I'm not going to just, you know, for example, I think I've been around football enough to know when teams usually like get hurt. Like you can listen, listen, injuries are a freak thing. But if there was any way to indicate when, how players get hurt is when you're facing a team that is not coached well, whether that be knowing how to tackle the correct way, um, bad teams usually are either hurt or they hurt other teams. And the reason being is because they don't do things the proper way. That's what I have noticed during my 20 plus years of watching football is that bad teams, they are either always hurt because of they don't know how to take care of themselves, whatever, the condition and whatever. And they hurt other teams because they don't know how to properly do things. So with that being said, this is not, to be spooked, you know, or or pessimistic is just just to be realistic, because the optimistic viewpoint is you're playing the game of football, um, you're playing a game that you love, and you have an opportunity to be the number one seed. That's as much optimism that you need. Now we have to go out here and strategically look at this opponent and look at the future of this team. We're in the playoffs. We are a division winner, an AFC division winner. We're in the playoffs. How important is number one seed for one player? We've been winning without him. Um, and this, this is something that I'm going to look into as far as how effective will Derrick Henry be moving forward? You know, will it be the first week he comes back? Will it be two? Will it be three? You know, if the Titans continue to play, I feel like he will continue to get healthier. But it's going to be very tough, especially his running style, to just think that the first game back he's going to, go crazy and if he does it'll be amazing it'll be a great story for the NFL but um like I said my team was able to win the Super Bowl with injury adjustments with you know injury adjusted analytics plus um you know chemistry dynamic stuff like that and a lot of people um were asking who was the opponent the opponent were the, were the Bucks back in 
back in March or April, whenever those calculations were made. Um, but anyway, um, moving forward, gonna keep it, try to keep it 15 minutes for you guys. Um, so I said that we were gonna talk about some of my favorite quarterback prospects here, um, early January. Um, you know, I watched pretty much all of the draftable quarterbacks. Um, some of my favorites include, you know, Malik Willis off the jump. Um, you know, I like, um, who really stands out to me that I like, that I really like. And you already, you guys already know, like, it's already been known how thin this quarterback group is. So far, I don't have many draftable grades. This is probably the one of the lowest years that I've, you know, the least amount of draftable grades. Um, but like I said, Malik Willis, I like what Matt Corral. Oh my gosh, one second. Well, anyway, it, it came on. Anyway, uh, Matt Corral is one of my favorites. Uh, I think Carson Strong is an interesting prospect. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I'm going to be honest, I have to see, you know, how that will work. Senior Bowl will do a lot of these players well. I like Desmond Ritter at a foundational level. Uh, he has the traits. He has to improve his accuracy, though. Um, I like Bailey Zapp, not an athlete, but certainly has um, the technical ability. Um, and there's a guy that's late um, in Cole Kelly out of Southeast Louisiana, who just is a big guy, he's more of the, you know, about 15 years ago, um, teams would have salivated over him, um, but he's a small school guy that's played in the SEC before at Arkansas, but a big body, big arm guy um, that's interesting, and I will continue to keep looking at these guys and, and really could just kind of uh, get second opinions about them, but so far, these, this, these are the prospects that I like, some of them that I, you know, I chose not to go to go through simply because I'll share later. But thanks for tuning in, guys, and I will see you on the next one.